0: teeth brushed, pajamas on, then it's time to read a story. Snuggle up, get your lovey, get your blanket. The Prince in the Tower. Prince Henry was the most beautiful baby prince ever born. At least that's what his parents, the king and queen, thought. The only person who wasn't pleased about the prince was the king's brother. He had been excited about being king himself if no heir ever came along but the king made his brother a duke to make him feel better and gave a great big party for the new little princess name ceremony the queen organized new clothes and feasting for everyone in the kingdom even though she felt very ill she couldn't go to the party but lay in bed prince henry's nanny was very kind but not very elegant So, a fashionable young lady was chosen to hold the baby during the procession during the crowds. She wasn't used to holding babies, and she dropped him on the marble stairs before they started. No one saw, except one little old woman, who seemed to pop up from nowhere, and whispered, "'I am the baby's grand-godmother. Don't drop him again!' "'Get out of my way, you crone,' said the elegant lady. But she spoke to the heir for the old woman had vanished shortly after the naming ceremony the great bell in the palace which had so recently pealed for joy began to toll in mourning the queen growing weaker and weaker had died after that the care of the baby prince was given over entirely to his nanny he was the happiest baby with shining curls but although he grew bigger and stronger and, crowded and crowed with laughter every morning, his legs didn't seem to work. Whenever his nanny tried to help him stand, he felt straight down again. "'I don't think he'll ever walk,' his nanny told the king. And the king listened and watched his son and saw what the nanny said was true. But the king was very busy running the kingdom and wasn't able to spend as much time with the prince as he would have liked. When the king did see his son, he just patted him on the head and said what a fine king he would make one day. But if anything should ever happen to me, the king said to his brother, the duke, Will you take care of my boy? Certainly, promised the duke. Now, soon after that, the king did die. Suddenly, Prince Henry was n- had no one except his uncle, the duke, and his nanny. With all the council and courtiers watching, the duke picked Prince Henry up, set him on the throne, and put the crown on his head. Prince Henry smiled, and that made the council and courtiers smile. He laughed, and that made the council and courtiers laugh. But then the little prince threw his crown on the floor and began sucking his thumb. He was only a toddler, after all. This, said the duke, is your king. "'Do you wish to be ruled by a toddler?' he asked with a sneer. "'I will govern the country until he is older. "'Does anyone have any objection?' "'No one did. "'Everyone said how lucky the prince was to have his uncle taking care of him. "'The duke brought his wife and sons to live at the palace. "'Everyone saw the boys playing in the palace gardens, "'but no one ever saw Prince Henry. "'He's ill,' said the duke to anyone who asked. Then came the news that, for the sake of his health, Prince Henry was going away beyond the faraway mountains. He was taken with his nanny to a place that no one ever went to or even knew about. It was a barren spot no trees, no flowers or grass, no birds, no animals. In fact, no living thing at all, just miles and miles. A flat stony sand like a desert in the middle of it was a round tall tower it had no doors and no stairs but right at the top of the tower were four rooms with little windows in the walls to let in the light and inside those rooms were all the books and toys that anyone could want a soldier took henry and his nanny there in a carriage He hooked a huge ladder to the top of the tower and helped them inside. He climbed up again with a big parcel of food, then unhooked the ladder and galloped away. Every month, the soldier returned, bringing more food and more books and toys. But the soldier never spoke, even sworn to secrecy. If he had brought news of the outside world or told anyone about the prince in the tower, he would have been thrown into prison and left there. All too soon, people forgot about the little prince. It was exactly what his uncle, the duke, had intended. All the duke had ever really wanted was to be king. He felt that what he wanted, he ought to have, and he always got his way, because people like that often very do. Eventually, the duke put out the news that the little prince had died. Everyone remembered him again and was very sorry. But because the duke had been so cunning, no one knew the truth. That the rightful king was very much alive far away in the secret tower and there Henry lived with his nanny in the four rooms at the top of the tall tower he had love for his nanny he had love for his nanny loved him just as a mother would he had toys to play with and books to look at he had adventures through the pages of his books and on flights of his own imagination but was it enough for a growing child filled with curiosity and energy and longing of course it wasn't enough when henry felt sad he would pull himself up onto the sill, and from there he could watch the raging storms the shadows of the clouds and the setting sun henry didn't remember the palace but he knew he was a prince because his nanny always told him he was one and that he shouldn't ever forget it as he grew older she taught him to read and the longing within him only grew, for the books told him about places very different from his tower. The prince read at the kitchen table, where the light spilled in from the windows. He read the books hungrily, like a starving person, but it was like reading about delicious food that you know you'll never get to eat. "'If only I could see it all for myself!' he cried. "'Oh, how I long to get out of here!' And at last his unhappiness welled up inside him, and he burst out in a cascade of tears. As he wept, he heard the tap, tap, tap of a stick. Turning around, he saw an old lady dressed in long, flowing robes with a crackle of something in the air around her, like a dark sky before a thunderstorm. "'My boy,' she said, "'I couldn't come until you called for me. "'I am your godmother, and I am going to help you. "'Can you get me out of here?' Begged Henry I don't have the power to free you she said but I do have a present for you a cloak that will take you outside and show you everything you've ever wanted to see but I can't walk explained Henry and I'm stuck inside this tower that's why you need my present said his godmother and she handed him a shabby bundle that looked like a rolled up piece of rag. thank you But it looks a little old, said Henry, trying not to sound ungrateful. Old? said his grandmother, smiling. Godmother, smiling. Maybe, but don't let that deceive you. It's also magic. A magic cloak? said Henry, his eyes aglow. And when he looked at his godmother again, he saw that she was more fairy than human, but her wise and shining eyes. The crackle in the air around her wasn't electricity, he realized, but pure magic. Now, let me tell you how the cloak works, said his godmother. Open the window and spread the cloak out on the floor and sit in the middle like a frog on old water lily leaf. Say, Abracadabra, doom De dum and see what happens. When you want to come back, just say, Abracadabra, tum ti tum And then, like a soft cloud melting into the sky, she was gone. At that moment, Henry's nanny came into the kitchen. She hadn't heard a word of the conversation because his godmother had magicked it into silence. "'I'm going into my room to do some sewing. Will you be happy on your own?' she asked. "'Very happy,' said Henry. Here was his chance. The moment his nanny left and shut the door, he sprang up to the window sill and opened the window. Then, carefully, he spread his cloak on the floor and sat in the middle, just as his godmother had described, his heart beating fast. Abracadabra, dum-de-dum, he said, laughing a little because the words sounded so silly. The cloak rose, with Henry sitting on it. Out he flew, beyond the window, into the clear, fresh air. Oh, he cried. Henry had never felt such a delicious sensation as that soft air brushing against the his cheek and ruffling his hair on henry flew over barren desert over rivers and mountains it all looked so beautiful especially as the sun went down and the stars came out but then some mist blotted out the stars and it began to rain soaking his clothes wetting his curls so they hung slick and damp across his face i'll have to go back henry thought now what are the words he began to panic not knowing what to do alone up there in the dark sky godmother he called are you there i've forgotten the words to get home instantly the words abracadabra tum de tum tumbled into his brain thank you he called into the damp night air i'll never forget again he repeated the charm and the cloak turned gently around and brought him back to the tower after that henry went away whenever he could Soon he was exploring further and further, in every direction, seeing all sorts of wonderful things. He listened to the flowing of the river, the rustling of trees, and the sighing of the wind. He swooped down low, mesmerized by a single blade of grass, glinting in the sunlight, by a caterpillar creeping along the ground, by insects shining red, gold, purple, blue, buzzing from flower to flower. He learned to fly higher and higher, right to the tops of the trees and tops of the mountains. So the world below him seemed very far away the people just tiny dots in the landscape like ants crawling over hills he learned to fly as fast as the wind riding the gusts like waves in the sea his hands gripping the sides of the magical cloak sometimes he was followed by flocks of birds riding the wind with him swifts that arched and curled around him on their scythe-like wings skeins of geese flying together calling greeting as if they were all of a kind joined together in a fellowship of the air while Henry flew far and wide on his magical cloak his godmother gathered up handfuls of moonshine and made an image of him so whenever his nanny peeped in to see him she saw the image and was reassured that he was happy and well but however magical the cloak there were times when Prince Henry felt nothing but sadness he would look down and see children playing together, and he would long to join them. I want friends of my own age, he thought. I want to be with people. I want to take part in the world. When he thought this, he would lie on the cloak and close his eyes, letting the wind rock him gently, willingly, the wave of sadness to pass. One day, as Prince Henry flew over above a summer field, golden with barley, he heard a delicious sound Soaring in the sk- in the air It was the song of a skylark The little bird was so tiny He could hardly believe such beautiful music Was pouring from its beak As he watched the bird fluttered from the sky Landing on his outstretched palms If only you'd stay Henry whispered Cupping his hands and cradling the tiny bird i love to have something to care for But then he thought of his grim Lonely tower No bird should be caged in such a place fly away bird he said be free and happy he opened his hands let the lark go and watched it rise far up into the sky the next morning when he woke in his own room the sunlight streaming in through the window he heard a faint singing it's the lark he realized it's come back after that the lark hovered by the tower all the time singing its song and every time henry heard it he smiled happy as a king Henry kept exploring, and he kept reading. He read about the living world, and it's about history, and battles, and kings, and queens, and it made him remember that he too was a prince. Shall I ever be a king? he asked his nanny one day. You should be a king, she replied solemnly, and she told him the story of his parents dying, and how his uncle had snatched the throne. Then he sent us away to the tower, she finished sadly, and there's nothing we can do about it. We'll both end our days here. How could my uncle do such a thing? Henry thought angrily. I was a helpless baby. My nanny was powerless. But if I am a king, maybe there is something I could do. He thought about this long and hard. At last, he knew where he should start. I'll travel on my magic cloak, he decided. Only I won't just look for beautiful things, but everything good and bad, so I can understand the world better. He flung out his cloak as so that it settled on the stone floor. "'Are you ready, Grand- Godmother?' he asked. "'I am ready,' came the reply, like a ripple of gentleness in the gloomy tower. At Henry's command, the cloak flew over mountains, and on and on, further than he had ever gone before, until he reached a great city. He heard a murmur like a hive of bees, and soon he saw that the noise came from people and traffic, and great factories filled with clinking machines belching out plumes of black smoke. He saw dirty alleyways and homeless men and women and children. They were bewilderingly dreadful sights for a boy who had never seen anything like it. I don't understand, he said. This is your city, whispered his godmother's voice on the breeze. The cloak magic cloak flew on and stopped at a huge stately building by an open window henry heard someone say the king is dead henry had always thought a king must be a very splendid person handsome and strong but here through the window he saw a magnificent bed and on it a small still figure not frightening not powerful but lonely and silent all henry's anger vanished and instead he felt pity for this small man whom he realized must have been his uncle. Did you enjoy what you have stolen? Henry wondered as he gazed at him. Did you do any good wearing the crown? A great roar erupted from the streets. The king is dead! Down with the king! Revolution! At once, the streets began to fill with angry people shouting over each other. Swiftly, the magic cloak turned around and flew away from the city and back to the tower. More than ever, Henry wanted to see his nanny, but the tower was empty. She had gone. Henry looked outside and saw hoof prints on the sandy, stony earth far below. He guessed that the soldier who had brought their food had come and taken his nanny away with him. Now Henry was utterly alone. There was silence all around him. I can't stay here, he said aloud, stuck in this tower. I want the chance to do something in the world. And at the sound of his own voice ringing around the tower, He knew the time had come to leave. He had no nanny to stay for. His uncle was dead. He would summon up his courage and return to the city. Then he would ask the people if they would have him as their king. Henry laid out his magic cloak, but before he could give the command, he heard the sound of a trumpet, very bold and grand. Looking down, he saw a procession with his nanny at the very head of it. Henry, said his nanny, calling up to him, her voice rising through the still air. "'The soldier came to tell me that your uncle had died, so I went to get help. "'I wanted the rightful king to sit in the throne, and you are that king.' "'Your uncle was a harsh, unkind ruler. "'The people remember you as a child, and they want to welcome you back.' "'I am ready,' said King Hen- Prince Henry. "'I am ready to come back as your king.' "'Henry took one last look around the tower, saying goodbye to those four rooms.' saying goodbye to his old life. I wish I could say goodbye to my godmother, he thought. But then he heard a whisper in the shadows, his godmother's voice. Goodbye, King Henry. She said, her voice echoing around the tower. Goodbye, he replied. And thank you. And now I am free, thought Henry. Free to live my life at last. At th- And as the procession of horses and carriage brought the king back to the kingdom, Henry smiled to hear a lark flying high above them, its soaring song filling the air. Did Henry make a good king? Well, he tried. He learned how to take advice as well as give it, and he always listened. The wonderful craftspeople of his country made him a chair with wheels so he could go everywhere. He was able to do good things, just as he always wanted. As for the magic cloak, Now he was king, with the kingdom under rule, he had less time for flying. But every now and then, on moonlit nights, Henry would take out his cloak and chant the words he had learned all those years ago, Abracadabra, dum-de-dum, and away he flew. Well, wouldn't you? All right, the end. All right, it's time for bed. I love you. Good night, and I'll see you in the morning.